Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. Dr. Robert Sherwin's research has always focused on helping patients, but all too often, scientific discoveries stop short of having a real-world impact. This is Colleen Shaddix for the Yale Office of Public Affairs and Communications talking with Dr. Sherwin about his role as principal investigator in Yale's Clinical and Translational Science Award and how he helps other researchers make contributions to healthcare. So the university got this large NIH grant five years ago to foster clinical and translational science. Set the stage for me. What needed to be done to make that start going? Well, we had some resources, but uh, they and they were valuable for a, a small but important group of investigators. Mm-hmm. We had a hospital-based research unit uh, that studied patients or did clinical trials as part of that, but we didn't go beyond that really, or we didn't have anything organized mm-hmm. to support research that went beyond that. So that there are a lot of studies that involve taking animal data and translating them into studies in humans. We have uh, clinical studies that are done in the community. There are, uh, we had no infrastructure to provide an education uh, uh, foundation for people who wanted to do clinical investigation. Mm -hmm. And that involved both, really, PhD scientists who've had no experience with clinical investigation, or MDs who really went to medical school to learn how to take care of patients, but really didn't have the background needed uh, to do clinical research. And we really didn't have the infrastructure for that. And we had a very limited uh, support system in general, for example, informatics support, where Mm -hmm. you have to store data in an effective way. We didn't have statistical um, support systems. So we had one person for the whole medical school that uh, supported um, a service side of uh, biostatistics. Wow. And he to keep his calendar. <laughs> right. And, and then we really didn't have seed grants for people who needed data. Yeah so that they could then apply for NIH or foundation support. So we had some elements of a clinical research enterprise, but it was very limited. And the uh, CTSA, or Clinical Translation Science Award, allowed us to greatly expand the opportunities to do clinical research here. And all of this kind of gets funneled through the Yale Center for Clinical Investigation. It's kind of this one-stop shop that you built. Why is it important to concentrate this stuff in one place? Well, I think people don't know where to go to really get help. And unless they uh, know where to go and don't have to go all over the place to try to get the support they need to do clinical research, um, it's, it's much harder. And it's somewhat discouraging people Mm -hmm. to actually engage in it because there's extra work, especially when you're starting a project. And the way we work within the institution is if it isn't supported research, it's not easy to really accomplish a lot. 
Now, your own research was in diabetes, is in diabetes, which has always been a a fairly interdisciplinary enterprise around Yale. How did that experience of working across various specialties help you in this work? Well, it did, actually, because I saw the value. Um, In my own research, I've collaborated closely with uh, faculty in immunobiology, um, in uh, comparative uh, medicine and um, cell biology, <laughs> etc., a- and the backgrounds that these scientists provide is unique, and you don't get that background from going to medical school. I- I'm an MD, mm-hmm. and being able to interact with people who have a very different perspective and know more about specific elements that are relevant to my research really improve my research capability. And I think it is important for um, investigators in the institution to have access to a much broader um, spectrum of investigators. And one of the things we try to do is to accomplish that through uh, interdisciplinary pilots. We're Mm -hmm. just starting a program now in which the collaboration around a grant is between a basic scientist and a basic science department and someone who's doing clinical research who wants to take a basic observation and translate it into a clinical study. So we're trying our best mm-hmm. to incorporate that kind of research within the program. And, uh, and the people that we're supporting are quite broad in their perspective as well. So we support both PhDs and MDs. And even uh, within our um, uh, education program, where we do support the salaries of young investigators so that they can begin their career. We uh, focus on clinicians, but we also mm-hmm. include basic scientists. And because we think that bringing together people from very diverse disciplines is going to be helpful. And for example, now in our, we have a um, bi monthly uh, seminar series where young people that we are supporting um, uh, are, present their work and get criticized. Mm-hmm. And what's nice about that now is that we're bringing to expanding that program so that a number of ed- other educational programs within the institution, our plans are to incorporate them. So that means the PhD program med to grad at HHMI is involved, uh, supports. Mm-hmm. We would include them in our se- seminar series. We would include RWJ scholars who are doing community work. MD-PhD program at Yale. So the idea is to bring together young people from diverse backgrounds so that they can interact more, begin to to realize that they have a lot in common. And I think those kind of connections will be important for them in the future. Early on, I imagine you spent a tremendous amount of time knocking down barriers. I know you did things to speed up the protocol review process. And of course, there were tremendous investments in core facilities and all that sort of thing. So now that that foundation has been laid, how do you expect the next five years to differ from the first five years? 
That's a good question. Um, my one goal, as I, I just mentioned, is to bring together young people from very diverse groups who are committed to research, and um, our plans are to have a retreat. Mm -hmm. We also are beginning to talk to other centers about how do we begin to go beyond Yale and interact. So we've initiated uh, discussions how far, you know, we haven't completed uh, the plans, but uh, one group, the CTSA program in Mayo Clinic, uh, has discussed with us the possibility of joint scientific projects and also to learn from each other around how to better uh, manage research uh, so we can speed up the process and make it easier for investigators and learn from that. We also have a collaboration with Rockefeller in New York where we've brought now what we call our scholars, people that we, young people that we support, and we have a joint meeting every <laughs> year. And my hope is that we can begin to get those young people to interact and actually do projects together. Yeah. We are also uh, thinking internationally. So uh, Yale has um, a, a close uh, collaboration with UCL in London. And we're in discussions with the people who run a similar program at UCL. Uh, the National Health Service has now initiated something similar to CTSAs. Uh -huh. And the idea would be to begin to foster that relationship by jointly funding projects. We would fund the Yale side, they mm -hmm. would fund uh, the London side. And in fact, I also plan to go to Cambridge, uh, which also has a, a CTSA-like program with the idea to see where the collaborations could occur. Then Yale has a history of collaborations with Cambridge in the past. Jordan Pober, who is involved in um, human translation mm -hmm. and immunology now, has had a longstanding collaboration with the people at Cambridge. So I, I'm thinking that we need to go beyond our bounds, yeah. uh, begin to see, take you know, some institutions will have certain strengths that we don't have. You know, as an example, if you're going to do clinical trials, we have access to New Haven population, right. which is relatively small. Whereas if we had access to London for uh, clinical trials, it might speed up what we're doing. And that's already happening in cardiology, right? Some UCL-Yale yes. yeah, collaborations? Yes, and that has really been extremely helpful. And and in our discussions right now, a lot of the projects that we're talking about probably will be cardiac-based, although the plan is to go beyond that. Yeah. Can you give me an example of a piece of science that's come out of these efforts already that you're particularly proud of? Well, I, I think that um, one of the things that we've been able to now take advantage of is... Um, whole se you know, sequencing of, of genes. Mm -hmm. There have been a number of projects where new genes have been discovered in different diseases, such as autism, um, that have made a, a difference, I think. Uh, we also have established a close collaboration with the Keck uh, Research Facility, and that's been an ongoing 
collaboration where uh, we supported some of the um, some equipment that they needed to move things forward. And that's an uh, imaging facility. No, right? that's uh, really um, uh, DNA sequencing and also proteomics, where you uh, can measure. Uh, a wide variety of proteins in one single sample. Mm -hmm. um, we've, um, one of the studies that we supported began to define the mechanisms of why people in South Asia, particularly people on the Indian continent, have type 2 diabetes at a much higher rate. Mm -hmm. and, and it looks like those individuals have problems with fat accumulation in the liver, and uh, that's taken advantage of our imaging program, which we also support. And so we, for example, made a major commitment to the Pet Center to mm -hmm. expand their resources and uh, allow them to do more studies, and, and that's been a, a great benefit to the psychiatry program, particularly. Yeah. Um, and, and um, a number of studies have come out of that uh, related to addiction mm -hmm. mechanisms that I don't think could have been done without the new equipment that we supported. And depression as well, right? Depression yes. that wasn't responsive to medication. Yes. Um, what's been the biggest surprise to you as you've tackled this massive project? How much work it is, <laughs> actually. <laughs> it's probably the, you know, you don't really realize uh, what you're getting into yeah. until you do it. And uh, uh, luckily, we have a very strong staff who are very dedicated to the work, and that makes my job easier. But nevertheless, I didn't expect um, it to be, uh, but it's exciting, even though it's a lot of work, you know, I've been here a long time. I've been at Yale uh, on the faculty since '74, and I, you know, I would like to see um, clinical research become as strong as basic sciences here, and and also to take advantage of our basic science strengths yeah. and begin to get them excited about translation because I do believe that. Translation is um, the thing that the NIH is going to need to push. You know, I think it's likely that as we look to the future, the NIH is going to make translation a much more important component of research grants and fund, uh, not exclusively, of course, it shouldn't, but the the translation component will be an important component, I think, of uh, getting funding. And if um, we're left behind in that mm -hmm. area, we're going to be in trouble. Well, as you said, it's a lot of work. Translational science is really hard, which is why it doesn't get done more often. Right, because it is easier to work with cells, for example, uh, than uh, whole organisms or people. I mean, usually, you know... Um, you do want to translate. You actually do need animal work um, right. because uh, you need to test it in animal models before you go to people. Um, but um, I, I think 
you know, the other goal that I'd like to see happen is that we create a cadre of individuals that can talk to the basic scientist and the clinical scientist. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's been missing in the last, uh, over my lifetime, we had uh, great cl clinicians who have some interest in research, but really uh, talk a different language and mm -hmm. have different interest in basic scientists. Not recognizing that there really is a continuum and my hope is that we can begin to train people who can bridge that gap between the two groups because I think that's the best way uh, for us as an institution to uh, translate uh, basic science into clinical research. You need all three mm -hmm. components. You need the clinicians who are going to actually deliver therapy you need people who are going to do cell work and um, bench-type studies. And then you need people in between who are really able to connect the dots between these two parties. And that's where I think we're most limited. Uh, not just us, but I think mm -hmm. in the United States right now. So you want to create translators, literally. That's my hope, yes. Thank you. That was Dr. Robert Sherwin principal investigator of Yale CTSA and director of the Yale Center for Clinical Investigation, talking about clinical and translational research.